special Lord please bury my heart I'll give you my heart that's what the song says this are testimonies of Christians how God has saved their souls and God, how God has helped them during difficult times it's five minutes before the hour of 10 it's preaching time let's prepare our hearts and our minds of course our Bible without much delay I would like to call our pastor Reverend Sin Mubingay to preach to us the very word of God pastor please thank you sir Greg and Thank you, special 
We appreciate that. <clears throat> I hope you're happy in the Lord this morning. Amen. If you are watching us live, we say good morning to all of you. And uh, we're praying that everything is well with you. So this week, um, it's quite sad. We buried two of our members last Monday. We buried Brother Julio Marasigan. So, bantay mo kay si Julio palang gilubong na pay Agosto, na pay September. So, <clears throat> that means na pay musunod. And uh, also, uh, last Friday, we also buried Ma'am Emiliana Tatad. <clears throat> well, people, medyo daghan nagaad po sa pikas kalangit kay Sadiri, no? So, we are Thankful we are saved. Your Bible, please, this morning in the book of Acts, chapter 16. <clears throat> Acts, chapter 16, and we are going to read verses 8 to 10. Kindly rise as we give reverence to the Word of God preached this morning. <clears throat> Acts 16, and we are reading verse number 8. To verse number 10. Acts 16 verse 8 to verse number 10. And they passing by Messiah came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood the man of Macedonia and prayed him begging him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after we had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the Word of God. Every time we preach the Word of God, we always properly begin it with prayer. And so this prayer is made, first of all, to ask you, your blessing upon the Word of God that we are going to hear this morning. And Lord, empty our hearts with our own wisdom this morning. And allow the Word of God, the precious, holy Word of God, to find a solid uh, place in our hearts today. And dictate us, guide us through the Holy Spirit, and guiding us through the Word of God. In Jesus' name we pray, especially for those who are not saved. If there's someone listening to this uh, uh, service this uh, live streaming, uh, not saved. May Lord thou work in a very special way that those souls will be saved by the grace of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Our theme for this year's uh, mission, uh, Endeavor mission program, uh, is enlarge vision. Enlarge vision for Missions. We need to enlarge our 
our vision. We do not, we do not stop uh, dreaming and aiming for God to, to allow us to go into other towns and preach the gospel. The message is taken from verse number 9 where it says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia. By the way, Macedonia is a big region. Big region. And, uh, and prayed him saying, this is the title of the message, come over into Macedonia and help us. I'm speaking a subject this morning entitled, come over and help us. That's the cry of the lost today. They need the gospel and they are crying upon us, crying for our help and says, come over, come over. There's a call comes ringing or the restless to a send the light, send the light. And uh, uh, one thing is sure about this vision that appeared to Paul that night is the divine call of God. The divine call of God. You see, two things about the divine call of God in the Bible. First of all, in Matthew chapter 18, verses uh, 28, I mean, verses 18 to 20, we find there that God calls the church as a whole. We, are, we have a divine mandate. We have a marching order from the Lord himself as a church. To go and preach the gospel. Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20. So God calls the church. The local church. God has, God has entrusted the work of God in, in the church. Through the church. Secondly, God calls some individuals within the local church to go. People who are called of God to go. And in our case, we have the Bible Baptist Institute where we train those who are called of God. In Acts 13, verse number 1 to verse number 5, please. Acts 13, verses number 1 to number 5. Now, in Acts 13, this is the individual call of God. First, there is a call for the church. Meaning to say, if you are a member of the local church, you are called of God. We as a church, uh, we have the call of God to go and preach the gospel. Within that church, God also calls, uh, God gives definite call to individual. And uh, now there was, there were in the church, it was in Antioch. So the church in Antioch, instead of the church in Jerusalem became now the, uh, the headquarter and uh, sending missionaries. There were in the church, it was in Antioch, a local church, certain prophets and teachers, such as Barnabas and Simeon, the, was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manain, which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. This was Paul, actually. And as they ministered, they were faithful. Remember, Paul took Barnabas. He was ahead of him, actually, in the Christian faith. Barnabas is an able 
teacher. And so Paul recruited him. In, 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 and they stayed in the church, ministered the church, and, the, and then they ministered the Lord, verse 2, and fasted the Holy Ghost. You see, the Holy Ghost is, is very uh, well uh, involved in the life of the church. He's the administrator of the church. He oversees the church. He guides the church. Not only the church, but even the individual members of the church. Whatever I, I preach this morning, I believe I'm led of the Holy Spirit to do that. And whatever we do as a church, we always follow the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. And you know, the Holy Spirit spoke to them. And uh, separate me Barnabas and Saul. It was Paul, newly converted and a missionary. Um, now Paul, for the work whereunto I have called them. You see, we do not send our missionaries. I just had a talk to our individual. Uh, Mamelsi and I talked to our individual uh, graduates. We have four students, two are men and ladies. There are four who will, by the grace of God, uh, graduate the, this afternoon at 5 o'clock. And I had a, a, a long talk to each one of them. And I, I said, you are called of God. You surrendered your life to, uh, for the mission uh, in labor of the church. And so be ready. And you have to be ready for the Lord's call. I said, now remember this. There's one thing I always observe that I never... I never assign someone to go into such a place. You see, uh, I have been accused of assigning pastors, but by the grace of God, I'm here to tell you it has never happened and will never happen wherein me assigning someone to, and, and telling that someone you go and start a work there and over here you need to start a work. No, I always believe, I believe my Bible, I know my Bible, so I study my Bible. And according to the Bible, this Bible that I study, it is the Holy Spirit that assigns people in a place. Amen? Is that clear? So whenever somebody would say, well, uh, your pastor is Pastor Ingai, how true it is that your pastor assigns people. I said, please say them and tell them a big no. I said, I, we had never seen Pastor Ingai and we expect him because he knows his Bible, he studies his Bible, that he never assigned someone to go into the mission field. Is there an amen to that? I hope I have made it clear. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted as they ministered, the Holy Ghost said, how can you know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? How does he speak to individual class? He speaks through the word of God. While I preach, some of you will be called of God. And, uh, and, and then some of you will be, will be touched by the Holy Spirit through the word. Separate me, Barnabas, they were needed in the local church. And uh, they needed Barnabas, his ability to teach. They needed Paul, his missionary, you know, heart, uh, his pastoral heart. And uh, whereunto I have called them. And when they fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and they sent them away. The church sent them. Now basically because they knew the Holy Spirit has spoken. 
And they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Cilicia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John or John Mark to their minister. John Mark was the nephew of Barnabas. John Mark was the one who wrote the book of Mark. He's not an apostle, and he was trained under the influence of Simon Peter. I said, where did he get his, uh, uh, you know, his, his knowledge in, in writing concerning the ministry of Christ? From Peter, of course. And uh, he learned it from Peter. So there was a divine call of God. The church is called of God. And some individuals are called of God in the church. The other day, someone knocked on my office. And said, uh, I was surprised to see him. And so he, he politely said, Pastor Ingai. And said, I, I heard you preach a month ago. You were giving a lesson. And while you were giving a lesson, the Lord spoke to me. And he, he, what, did he, what did he tell you? I said, uh, what, did, what did the Holy Spirit tell you? He said, the Holy Spirit, God has told me, God has burdened me to surrender my life into the full-time service of the Lord. I will not tell you who that young man is, but uh, soon the Lord will uh, allow, during the opening you will find that young man. And that's between him and the Lord. Verse number 10 says, and after we had seen the vision, there was a vision. Immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. Now underline this assuredly gathering that the Lord had called uh, for us, called us for to preach the gospel unto them. I may say this, that every individual person can know definitely that he is being called of God. You can know it. You can know it. And uh, the Lord will speak to you. And so there stood a man of Macedonia. By the way, um, the man who Paul saw in a vision was a pagan who needed God. Now, whether he was a particular person who Paul later recognized going upon going to that area or a representative of the pagans is, is not known. We cannot exactly tell. At any rate, Paul had a direction now. He knew God had called him to go into such a place. They wanted to go this way. The Holy Spirit said no. Then the other way, the Holy Spirit said no. Until the vision came to Paul. And just simply means God had given him uh, a direction. The Lord can reveal to us his purpose if we just, you know, allow him to do it for us. The praise and prayed him saying, the man of Macedonia says, come over, come over unto Macedonia and help us. This presents the heart's cry of the lost who do not know the way. Within themselves, they do not know the way. They cannot find the way. Someone must help them find Jesus. First of all, the call starts from the local church. In this church, we do not assign people to represent us. We believe God will call every individual. 
And you can never tell. The people that you less expect to be called of God, they are the ones called by God. And the people that you expect, and those are the people are not called of God. We are not called of God. Because it is God's uh, priority. It is God's working. He touches people. And uh, so I, I may sometimes make a joke. But you know the Holy Spirit sometimes would, would tell me. I, 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 can, I can detect those who are called of God. Because there are manifestations of those who are called of God. It is sad to realize that there are still so many lost souls. Out there crying for our help. But well said, you are still talking of, of mission, about mission in the midst of pandemic. Uh, well, I, I believe that our, our God is still um, uh, sending men to the mission field. I have talked to our, our, our students. I told them, do not ever let the pandemic stop you to, to, to do what is, you know, uh, being being revealed to you by the Holy Spirit of God. I have proven that. He said, in spite in the midst of pandemic, we were able to start the mission work in Surigao, in Bisling. And uh, uh, it's hard, yes, but, but if you believe God, if you believe, we believe God can always open the way for us. You know, God has his own way to lead us. And wherever the Lord leads, He provides. Remember this. And uh, we drove to Bisling. I was told that we cannot pass through uh, Trento. And Kaisa Trento, they, they require, uh, they, 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 they require um, a certain test. And uh, um, I said, no, I, I will not submit myself to any test. And uh, I, I, I heard from some people that there are some defective, you know, instruments, uh, testing kits that what if ma'atul kasa defective and it will be, your, your name will be revealed and uh, they would always uh, contact Dabo City and you will be fetched by the ambulance from Dabo City. Your name is the pastor of the Bible Baptist Church is positive and uh, what will happen to our church? The other day, uh, we stopped in, in front of uh, the church in Ma'a. Four priests, one, one, uh, one seminarian, and, 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 and few other church workers and nuns were, were discovered positive, and as a result, they, they closed the, the gate of the church, the Catholic church. If it will happen to us, I know, and said, you pastor, yes, if you don't want uh, uh, rapid, they call it rapid test, then you have to sacrifice mo. Drive ka padulong dito sa idretso mi sa may San France, pasulod mi sa bukid perting layo ka. I drove seven hours. I drove seven hours to reach this league. Naglibot-libot pa mi. And I drove only three hours back home. And you say, when I say seven hours, Kunakoy kaubang katoliko kasi gilag panguros kunakauban sa kuwa. And uh, you know what I mean. And uh, so um, I'm here to tell you and to I have proven it myself na pandemic cannot hinder us to obey the, the purpose of God. 
We raise our goals. We continue to do the work of God. By the grace of God. Because we do not stop. We still hear the cry of the lost. Do not. Do not. If you are called of God. Do not allow the pandemic to stop you. Do not allow the pandemic to stop you from spreading the word. From conducting Bible studies. Do not be afraid. And uh, God has its promise of protection upon us. And lo, I am with you always. It is sad to realize that there are multitudes of souls going to hell. How many, how many people die um, because of this pandemic? Not only directly uh, because of the COVID-19, but there are people, uh, the people, they, they, get, uh, they get sick. So easy today. And we need to snatch them out of hell. Number one, because time will not permit me. I believe as Christians, we need to have, that's the first point. We need to have a vision of the awful condition of the lost souls crying out for our help. Come over and help us. No man careth for my soul. We need to have, number one, a vision. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. Now Luke says there was a vision that Paul, in, in verse number 9, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. We need to open our hearts and open our minds. We need to open our eyes and, 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 and see the vision. The need through our vision. Jesus says, lift up your eyes and look into the field. What is he telling us about? He's telling about the need of souls. Every Christian should be a visionary Christian. We need to see the need. What is a vision? A vision is more than, more than looking. It is seeing actually. It is, it is deeply understanding the need of the lost souls we see. The word vision here is the ability to see the need of the perishing souls. Yes, we say amen to that. Vision here is to be able to hear the sad and bitter cry of the dying souls. Hear the Lord of Harvest song says, sweetly calling, who will go and work for me today? Who will bring to me the lost and dying? Who will point them to the narrow way? Millions now in sin and shame are dying, listen to their sad and bitter cry. Hasten, brother, hasten to the rescue. Quickly answer, master, here am I. Soon the time for reaping will be over. Yes, I believe on that. Soon he'll gather for the harvest home. May the Lord of harvest smile upon us. May we hear his blessed child. Well done. Speak, my Lord. Speak, my Lord. Speak and I'll be quick to answer thee. Speak my Lord. Speak my Lord. Speak and I will answer Lord. Send me. We need to open our eyes. We need to open our hearts. God I believe. Remember this. But I am not individually. I do not feel at all the call of God. But if you belong to this church. You have a call. We have a call as a church. We have a commission. We just cannot 
uh, raise our hands and said, I'm, I'm, I'm off the responsibility. We have a call. A vision number one is seeing the reality the way Jesus sees it. The reality of hell, the danger, the sad condition of, of the souls. They, in John 4, verse 34, 35, Jesus said unto them, My heart, my meat, I mean, is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. We cannot stop in the middle, church. We need to continue. God has given us a vision. We cannot stop. We need to continue. Say not you, there are yet four months, and then come at harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. White already to harvest. Yes, we need to see as Jesus sees. We need to see as Paul sees. In Romans chapter 9, verse 1, please. Romans chapter 9. This is how Paul saw the need. This is the vision that we find in Apostle Paul, in the Apostle, great Apostle Paul. Romans 9, look at verse number, verse number 1. And uh, Romans 9, and verse number, verse number 9. It says, verse 1, Romans 9, verse 1. I say the truth in Christ. I lie night, my conscience also bearing me witness with the Holy Ghost, that I have great happiness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. You know, Paul expresses his, his burden. Now, a vision is to be able to, you know, to see the, the true spiritual condition of the people. And uh, we can see them with our physical eyes, but we must, we must go beyond that. We must see them as lost and dying. They might be religious, but they are lost. Paul says, it is my prayer, chapter 10, verse number 1, for them to be saved. They need to be saved. And we see here how Paul expresses his Love for souls. It is not enough for Paul to feel sorry for his people. He wishes he could, you know, he could demonstrate his love in, in even, in even a, a, a more, more active way and, and clear way. If it were possible, he would wish to be like Christ, sacrificing himself for the salvation of his fellow Jews. If he could bear the wrath of God in, in their behalf, he was willing to go to hell. That is a great burden. That is the true burden of a child of God, of a, a missionary-minded Christian, a visionary-minded Christian. Look at Paul. He could sacrifice himself and been even willing to go and spend eternity in hell if, they, if it in exchange these people could be saved. You know, we know that you know, it would, it would not be and could not be possible, possible uh, to happen. No, but Paul nevertheless opened his heart towards the Jews. They needed to be saved in Second Corinthians 4, verse 3 and verse number 4. Now, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. How do we see the people that are not saved today? We may see them well. 
physically. We may see them in a good, you know, uh, social uh, status. We may see them occupying positions in this world. But if they are not saved, remember this, they are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. People that have not received Christ are lost. Remember this. They might be your own husband. They can be your wife. They can be your own children. They can be your own brothers and sisters. They can be your fathers. They can be your mother. You can, they can be somebody close to you. If they are not saved, the Bible declares they are lost. They needed the gospel. They need to be saved. In verse number 4, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, their minds, their understanding, their hearts are blinded by Satan. And their only hope is the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. We need to preach. We need to share. We need to see. We need to feel the burden in their behalf. We need to feel the need in their behalf. Number two, we need to have a vision. Number one, Number two, we need to see the world, this world we're in today. Especially during this time of pandemic, this world. That is why I always make sure that I have gospel trucks in my, in, 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 in my pickup. And uh, when I uh, go and uh, get the gas, I would always um, try my best to give. When I go um, um, uh, Jollibee sometimes... Or McDonald's and uh, drive through and you wait for the order, you have the chance to give them the gospel. While there is time, we as Christians should be conscious. Why, we do, why do we do that? Because we know, we see this world as a perishing world. And the only hope is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I remember the great D.L. Moody said, I looked upon this world as a wrecked vessel and going nearer, nearer to destruction. And God has given me a lifeboat and stole me and said, Moody, save all you can. You may not be able to save the whole world, but you can save some individual out there crying out for help, crying out for rescue. Yes, this world is sinking down slowly into destruction. Millions of souls are dying and millions of unsaved souls still. We must snatch them out of danger before it's too late for us. Let us do it now. Let us do it now. Let me show you from the Word of God. I might not be able to look into all of what I have written in my outline, but we can look at a few things, instances in the Bible, how we can help them, snatch them out of hell, see the nature of the impending destruction awaiting for the lost souls. And the Word of God shows us everything about that. And let me show you how we can help these souls that are crying for our help. Let us look at how the Bible describes, number one, the word perishing. Rescue the perishing. We have that song, Care for the Dying. As Christians, 
we sing that song all the time. Time is running out. We sing that song. We love to sing that song. But do we really apply it in our lives? Is it still true in our heart that as Christians and as a church, we have a theme song, Rescue the Perishing. A song that we love to sing. Care for the dying. Do we still care for the dying? And in Genesis chapter 18, God sent down angels, three angels to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. You remember that? Genesis chapter 18. When God revealed his plan to destroy uh, Sodom and Gomorrah due to their wickedness, uh, the wickedness of those cities, Abraham asked God to spare the people. There was Abraham who mediated in the behalf of the people. He said, Lord, said Abraham, three angels came to where he lived. And one of them was the Lord Jesus Christ. And after the Lord rebuilt his purpose in destroying those cities because of their wickedness, their wickedness has come up before me. Abraham, Abraham asked God to spare the people. In fact, Abraham engaged in a lengthy conversation to meditate, you know, I mean, mediate those people. Abraham said, God, and will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Because he was hoping that, that his nephew, Lot, had done his, at least his job. While he was there, he was hoping that Lot would have won uh, at least some individuals and, uh, and uh, probably had at least, uh, you know, won 50 souls. But the Bible says, where was Lot? He was sitting at the gate. He was not a gatekeeper. He was actually serving as a judge. He was the vice mayor of the city. He became popular. He won their sympathy. He won their support. By not telling them about his, you know, his salvation. The salvation that he has received. Said 50 people will, you know, will you destroy 50 righteous people? God said, if I find 50 saved people in the city, I will, I will spare the place for the sake. And if there are only 45, how about if there are, please do not, do not get angry at me, Abraham. He continued begging, mediating in the behalf of the people. Said, Lord, if, if there are, how about 45? How about 40? Kept on lowering it. And then he said, how about 30? And then how about 20? It came to the point, he said, how about 10? God, if there are only 45, 40, 30, 20, even 10. God said, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10 righteous people. You know, Abraham, first of all, wanted God to spare the same people who live in Sodom and Gomorrah. And then number two, Abraham was concerned for his nephew Lot. God, that God, God did spare, he, he did spare Lot as a result of Abraham's prayer. We know that. That Abraham had compassion for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? Why? Because Abraham fully understood the severity, the seriousness of God's punishment, of God's judgment. 
Well, people said God is a God of love, and how can God, uh, how can a uh, loving God, you know, punish people in that everlasting fire? All you have to do is to visit the Red Sea. And the Red Sea now is a proof that God judges wickedness. God judges wickedness. You know, Abraham, you know, Abraham believed and he understood fully the seriousness of God's punishment. By the way, we Bible-believing Christians are the only people that truly understand the utter destruction of hell, really. Hell is a place, is a lake of fire, a devouring fire. Hell is a bottomless pit. Hell is everlasting place of everlasting burnings. Hell is a place of torment. Hell is a place where they never repent. Hell is a place where they have no rest. Hell is a place of everlasting punishment. Hell is where their, their breath will be living flame. Hell is a place of blackness and darkness forever. Hell is a place of fire and uh, in which the people are cast alive. Oh, hear the cry of the lost before they enter into this horrible place. Rescue the perishing. We need to hear the cry of the lost today and all of God's people say amen. After seeing the need, the need of these people, after realizing the need, Abraham of old, like Abraham, what did he do? Abraham prayed. Do you still pray for the lost city, the lost, the lost people in our city? Do you still pray for the salvation of your loved ones? Honestly, you may have it in your mind, but do you really practice it when you pray for souls to be saved? Do you still pray for our services? And not only for, for your pastor, but you pray that the Lord will empower. The Lord will bless our live streaming. This live streaming is a unique opportunity because we can now reach Africa. We can reach even China. We can reach the Arabic countries, Islamic countries. We can reach the United States. We can reach, we can reach Australia. I was talking to someone the other night leaving Australia. I said, how, how is our... Our service is coming to you. Said it's loud and clear. You know, every Sunday I feel as if I'm just, you know, present in the services. And you know, while we thank God that it reaches our people abroad, we also thank God for the opportunity. But unless, as God's people, we support this live streaming with our prayer, we just earnestly pray, say, Lord, bless the word of God. That it may reach people all over the world. Look at another instance in the Bible. And only Abraham praying. Intervening in the behalf of those who are lost. In Sodom and Gomorrah we also have a, a woman by the name of Esther. Now, now Esther lives um, in in, in, in the, in, in Babylon in Persia time, under the Persian Empire the lives of the Jews in Persia were, were in danger of perishing just I'm, I'm here to expound the word perishing Abraham said will you, will you allow 50 righteous people suffer or perish 
God says the world is perishing. Rescue the perishing. I hope this second illustration will help us understand. You know the seriousness of the word perishing. Esther. You know during the time of Esther. The lives of the Jews in Persia were in danger of perishing. Wicked man. There was a wicked man. An anti-Jew. Had successfully you know, convinced King Ahasuerus to sign the law destroying all the Jews at a certain period of time. It happened during the time when Esther was the queen and she was the only hope for the Israelites to be spared from death. Mordecai then sent a message to Esther. You must go into the king. You must make supplication unto him. You must make requests before him for the people Said, go, chapter 4, verse number 8. There's only one who can mediate for our safety. And, uh, and in doing so, Esther had to put his life or her life at stake. Said, you go to the king and, and speak to the king in our behalf. But remember the risk. In doing so, she has to put her life at stake. You know what Mordecai told her? Think not with thyself. Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. At such a time as this. Esther, think of the wonderful opportunity you have right now. You see, what is, what is that opportunity? Among the thousands of women in the kingdom of Persia, there was only one who was privileged to become queen. And it is you, Esther. God has allowed you to be where you are and what you are now to rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Christians, no, friend, think of how God has blessed your life. How God has put you where you are now and made you who you are now so that God might use you to rescue the perishing and care for the dying. But you know, the things that we acquire have taken our hearts so much that it has blinded our eyes to see the need to rescue the perishing and care for the dying. God has put you where you are and made you who you are today. You know, remember that position. Whatever position you have in life today, you are, God has put you there so that you might see the need to rescue the perishing and care for the dying. Pero nakasulod ka nang siyong bulsa, di ka namang mulingi sa ginoo. The Bible says in Malachi 3 verse, chapter 3 verse 8 and to 9, Will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? Yes, you have robbed me. Wherein have you robbed me? In tithes and your offering. You know what? There's only one key that God, when God can bless you materially. Show me another key in the Bible. There's one key, the main key for God's blessing. That's giving. The key is called giving. Never change it. You are cursed with a curse. I have been in the work of the Lord for 40 years now. Enough 
those 40 years of experience and seeing uh, is enough to tell me the curse that God's people experience for denying God in the matter of giving. Now, I have, I have been in the work of the Lord to give an advice. If a young, young man or young, young lady would come to my office and asking for my prayer, asking perhaps, asking for my opinion, whether to marry a, uh, marry that guy or marry that woman or not, I would say, I have one, one thing that I would like to remind you. Please check. And I know if they happen to be members of this church, I said, please check with me and check with our record. <clears throat> Whether, you know, you try to check first if they're giving their tithes or not. Now, if that lady and if that young man is not a tither, please stay away from that individual. Why? Because all throughout of your life, your married, you know, your, your marriage, Remember this, you will be bearing the consequences of God's curse. Amin nyo ganikag ulitaw, dalagang hadili taiter. All throughout your life and your children, matingala ka ngayon ni Hagiay, purus buslot, buslot, and the curse of God will be in you. Ayaw giyot og minyo kanang tao, nga Christian punuhay, because you will bear the consequences. There are people who said, well, I'm a Christian pastor, but I quit anything. I would say this, it's just a matter of time. Wait for it, it will come. And when it comes, you will be full of regrets. Because and not suffer the consequences of it. God has put you in a position. God has blessed your life, Esther. And you have that position that, that every woman in the kingdom of Persia decide to have. And you're the only one there. Exercise the privilege in favor of those who are dying. The lives of the Jews were at stake. They were perishing at a certain period of time. They were surely perished. But there is only one thing and one person who could mediate in between us and the king. And that's you. You. Think of the risk we take. In serving the Lord. Another example in the word of God. Is Rahab. But I will not spend time there. Because I have no more time. She heard. God was going to destroy. The city of Jericho. You know what she did? Think of her love. Think of the sacrifice she had. The risk she had in hiding the spies. You know that. And uh, the, 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 the spies of Joshua said, Now put a scarlet, uh, red colored, uh, you know, uh, robe. Not, not robe, but cord, I mean. In your window. And God will spare that window, your house. And everyone present inside of your house will be spared. Think of the risk she had when she hung that red cord and everybody sees that it, it identifies with the people of God. Number three, one of the strongest ways wherein we can 
show real concern to rescue the perishing is through our giving. Remember that. Through our giving. And lastly, our response to the call of the need and the perishing souls, needy and perishing souls are who are crying for our rescue, come over and help us, must be immediate. It must be done now. We cannot wait. It must be, it must continue. There must be a steady and continuing effort on our part until the lost are rescued out of danger. We cannot stop searching and seeking. Well, there is still one soul under the rubble in danger. We must keep going. We must keep seeking until everyone is brought into safety. They are still crying out there. I ask you, Christian, are you seeing the need? Are you seeing the need? Are you praying for their salvation? Are you praying for our church? Are you praying for the services that God will use this means of reaching out other people? Are you still faithful in your giving? We have graduation. We have the graduation of our BBI. And these are all the, the result. And I'm, 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 I'm so thankful to God that we graduate people that will be able to do the work of God. It took, I asked Brother Elmer, so Brother Elmer, now I, I will give you the clearance to graduate. That's Brother Elmer. Can you tell me the story a little bit of your life? Said, ko pastor, six years sa Pentecostal, nag Bible school. Six years. Ito sa, then he named, katunagagyan niya. This Bible Baptist, morag, mga eight years, like Bible school, mer, apil to mga, gisuruy-suruyan ni Musa Una. You're going to graduate by the grace of God. And you get the chance to hear Brother Elmer preach Karonghampon if you come back. Or you can watch on the live streaming. We're happy to say that our graduates are able graduates. And this year I have to squeeze the budget and the people that will teach because of the, because of the uh, travel ban. And um, I talked to Mom Ellen, my daughter, and, and Mark, my son. Mom Elsie, my wife, and Mom Sel, just the four of us, we can do it. I say we graduate, you know, individuals, and I say we're not ashamed to say they are able now in the matter of music. So English, we have Mom Sel, that's her department. As far as you know, running the uh, the affairs of the children, Mamelsi was in charge of that, and I I I, I took care of. Uh, uh, I always take care of the major doctrines. I cannot share it. I have to. I have to. I feel the responsibility to indoctrinate our our preachers nowadays. Delicado, especially nowadays. You hear people changing their doctrines now. 
I believe I feel the responsibility of strengthening that area. The doctrines of the word of God. Our practices. We are happy that we are going to graduate people that are able. Do you still hear the call? There's a call comes ringing. All the restless wave. Send the light. Say, send the light. There are souls to save. There are souls to rescue. There are souls to save. Send the light. Send the light. We have heard the Macedonian call today. Send the light. Send the light. And a golden offering at the cross we lay. Send the light. Send the light. An old song that I love to sing. About full time service. And with this I will close. So send are you. To labor and reward To serve and pay. And love and sought and own. To bear rebuke. To suffer scorn and scoping. So send are you. To toil for me. Alone. So send are you. To bind the bruised and broken. Or wandering souls. To work, to weep, to wake. To birth the bird. Then sob a world the weary. So send are you. To suffer for my sake. So send are you. To hearts made hard by hatred. To eyes made blind. Because they will not see. To spend through it. Be blood be spent and spare not. So send are you. To taste of Calvary. God is calling men. The lost are crying. Do you still hear them crying? In my conclusion, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The greatest missionary we know is the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone has described it well. God had only one Son, and he made him a missionary. He came down where we are. This is the right time. This is the high time for you. To see Jesus as your savior. If you are listening to me now. You are, you are not yet saved. You are not 100% sure. That if death were to come. If death. The cold of death will touch you. You know heaven is your home. You receive Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. Let us all send a prayer, please, Sir Greg. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for calling the church. And thank you for calling some individuals in our church to go in our behalf to represent us. And as we send them, we support them, Lord, through our giving. Through our giving, we become partners with them in the mission field. Bless and continue to bless your people. And Lord, continue to give conviction. 
Continue to burden our hearts. Continue, Lord, to allow our vision to see and our ears to hear the cry of the lost. In Jesus' name, I pray for those who are not saved. May they open their hearts and be saved. In Jesus' name, we say amen and amen. Sir Greg, please. Thank you, Pastor, for that great message, enlarged vision for mission. Okay, God calls us uh, for this great mission. And if you are here today, and if you haven't been saved, meaning to say, if you live in this world, you do not know where your soul go. Now, at this very hour, is your great opportunity to be saved. God loves you, and He made the promise, John 1.12, but as many as receive Him, Give him power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. That's a great promise. Whatever God says, he will do it. We'll be singing one verse only. What song are we going to sing, Brother Mark? I surrender all. Only one verse, and after that we'll end uh, the invitation due to time constraint. And I pray that you will hear the call. You'll listen to the call of God. Go ahead, Brother Mark. Today is a great opportunity for you to be saved. Today is your salvation day. God wants you to be part of the Great Commission. If you receive Christ, you will no longer be convicted. You will not perish, the Bible says. Be saved today. Be saved today. God made a promise. God made a promise that today should be your salvation day. Christians, if you have a need today, tell God about it. Tell God about it. The Bible says, let your request be made known unto God. Whatever your request might be, spiritual, financial, physical. Let's pray for our pastor. Let's pray for our church. Let's pray for our tithes and faith promise. Let's pray for our upcoming new missionaries. We need to pray for them. We need to pray one another. And all the people say, Amen and Amen. Okay, thank you for being with us in behalf of the church, especially those mga first-time visitors, Rikhan Salamat, and also those who are joining us live. Thank you so much. Our members out there, thank you, and I hope you will join us physically, digitally, uh, this afternoon, 5 o'clock, Bible Baptist Institute uh, graduation ceremony. So, we continue to pray that this church will be used by God to train pastors and missionaries in spite of what's going on around the world. You need to continue. You don't have to stop. You need to continue. So, while waiting for that blessed hope of the coming of the Son of God, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's close our eyes, bow down our heads, and let's pray. Heavenly Father and loving God, thank you once again for feeding your people spiritually. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. The Word of God will always strengthen us and help us, dear Father, to attain the next level of spiritual maturity that we'll be able to fully understand uh, your purpose in our lives. And it was clearly stated in Revelation 4.11 that we are worthy, O Lord, to receive all the honor, power, for Thou has created us, and for the pleasure we are and are created. Thank you, Lord, for 
uh, calling us as each one of us had been called by you it's a marching order uh, to help people to bring them to Christ like we learned in the Bible that Paul planted Apollos water but it is God who will give the increase it is the Holy Spirit that will convict the hearts of every person if there is someone here in our midst for those who are joining us live who is not yet saved I pray oh God we pray Lord for your grace upon them Holy Spirit will continue to talk to their hearts and that they will be saved not only them but their family as well. Tonight, Lord, we have two men and two ladies to graduate. We are praying for them that you will continue to bless their lives and guide them, Lord, to wherever missions you want them to be. Lord, we pray that we'll have that vision for lost souls. We pray, Lord, that we'll be able to see the world, the perishing world, like what uh, Pastor Modi said, uh, a wreck vessel will be able to rescue them. Lord, we know that you are a righteous God who judges wickedness. And we know, we learn that many people are lining going to hell. Help us, Lord, to rescue them. Help us, Lord, to rescue the perishing. Help us, Lord, to tell them about the good news of salvation, especially at these difficult times. Lord, help us also to rescue the perishing through our giving, our tithes and faith promise. And telling people about the good news should be done uh, right now and help us to keep seeking those lost souls, bringing them to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to be a part of the Great Commission. And Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for using us, despite that we are unworthy. Bless your people, Lord, as we are about to depart. Bring us again the house of God tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. God bless us all. Good morning. May buntag sa tanan.